My mom was terrible with waiters, most especially waitresses. Otherwise, a wonderful, dynamic woman. Perhaps this dynamism was connected to the treatment of waitresses. I am special. She was very special, intelligent, intuitive, talented, charismatic. She led. Many were led by her, her dynamism again. But waitress, waiter, beware. This piece is not about my mum. It is about her apparent dynamism, that characteristic we all value on a cultural level, our leaders, an archetype, we might tell ourselves. We value them over ourselves, the led or not. The dominators of the world. My mum was a socialist in her head, but an absolute monarch otherwise. A hater of waiters. As we train ourselves up through childhood, we learn about power, I guess, when and if it is necessary to find and use for our survival, happiness, and sense of self. We watch mum and dad and learn how they negotiate each other and the outside world. We watch as much as we need to. If we as tots find our world full of threat and hostility, we will pick up the tools of defense wherever we find them, I suppose. I really don't know. That is as much psychobabble as I will do. I know my mom was frustrated as a kid by a domineering father who was unpredictable. I wasn't there, but the stories are as significant as the facts in these cases. As adults, it is instructive to know with whom we get irritated as we aspire and take action. Some of us are irritated by others, that is clear, when they don't do what we think they should. As employees, perhaps or offspring. It is a worldview, I think, this relationship, developed over years of self-discipline, spiced with a little grievance that keeps us going, top of our game, dynamic. I write about it because I do not understand it, and I think I'm shooting in the dark here. When I was a child, I was surrounded by the bold and the beautiful everywhere I turned. I saw lots of successes, smiles attached, Confidence due to success, winners. It was a sort of constant babble. I think I learned from this version of success. It made the successful generous, or maybe that was all I heard. Since then, I have not seen success result in generosity at all. Slowly I heard whispers of discord, depression was spoken of, jealousies. Others were sneered at. It was inconsistent and disturbing, too, and a divorce loomed, which I understood at twelve, as an important reaching for happiness that was not here, but over there. And I could go outside, and I did, and I let them go. The strifes and the contradictions. My luck cannot be overstated. The waiters of the world have always fascinated me, and I admire them greatly, and I don't understand those who don't. As this is not about my mum, it is also not about me. It is about two different kinds of people. And whose thing makes most sense in this life today? By whose rules do we operate as a culture, a big society, a country? My mum's. Is it disdain for our inner waiter? A fear of being at the beck and call of somebody? Behaving servile? I did a stint of catering to eke out my existence for a year and found the customer was not the problem, the management was. They did demand a lot of forelock tugging. Did I feel I was better than a caterer, better than a feeder of the hungry? Never. 
I did enjoy Shakespeare more, yes, fulfilling ambition too, but as a life, the feeding of people, waiting on them, serving, cooking for, and washing up after I found almost entirely joyous, I still do. Tiring, yes, but so is playing Richard III. Now, did I crave the adulation a successful Shakespearean actor gets? Yes, gets, yes, it is native to the manner, this need, but it goes away or is replaced by something deeper, sometimes. Not all of us crave that kind of attention, no more than the average waiter. If waitering generates enough to live on with a decent holiday every year, it is a marvelous way to live. Unless, of course, you need affirmation, appreciation, decoration, etc., beyond a 20% tip, then I might say you have a personality disorder. Too much of ambition is really compensatory. That no one generally said anything when my mother was rude to the waitress means that the ambitious huddle together, cluster. They are unified in their disdain. There is the great anecdote, I am sure, a fiction, but maybe not, of Henry Ford uh, choosing which young chap to hire as an executive in his corporate car business. He chose the one who was good to the waiters at lunch, though the candidates were otherwise equally elite. It is axiomatic that people riding the bus are unlikely to feel superior to the driver of the bus, but old habits... It's almost Christmas. I am a non-believer and that particular belief, in that particular belief, but I love the Yule, the artificial tree, pray for snow, apple-cheeked iconography and feasting, and a man in Paris opened fire at a Kurdish community center, killing three or four people and wounding five. The killer is white, but they are not sure of motive, so we're not calling it terrorism. Coincidentally, my YouTube Intelligence Squared channel has started vomiting up some debates held over the last decade uh, about cultural superiority. The most recent is five years ago. <laughs> I wonder if these zealous Western praise singers would modify their peons today after the insurrection and Brexit and the murders in Paris. I guess I'll never know. These entities, debates on YouTube, isolated in time, seem to freeze. And among the intellectual communities, there are very few recantings. Listening to the pro-Westerners, I think they have thought long and hard gone over many arguments, denied their own seething subjectivity, so recanting is probably impossible. What would they say anyway? That yes, there are white European-descended terrorists too. Maybe not religiously motivated, except if you claim to be secular. Most white terrorists today claim to be very Christian, defending their faith in that most jihadist way. Belief systems, especially ones demanding recognition as superior, might as well be religious. See Americanism and all its ministers. The debates, in hindsight, are hilarious. The comments are even better. The French have every right to favor their own, insist on their insular culture, insist on their way of life. Okay, I wish they had felt that way in their only recently faded colonial period when they went to butchering. You two, England, Spain, come on, fess up. Strangely, not Germany though they sure did catch up in that 20th century way. Then there is much ado about assimilation. These Arabs just don't want to assimilate. 
Did the colonizers of the Americas assimilate? The East India Company, did they assimilate? The Boers, did they? Show me where. The presumption, as any fool who has heard of Manifest Destiny knows, was always superiority, supremacy. Why ever would we assimilate? Assimilation, like busing, means you become us. What could the grim Protestant ever learn from the Wendat Huron? How to grow food, maybe? The claims of superiority are the only claim the Westerner has. It's what they came in with. It's their raison d'etre, 1492, discovery discovery doctrine, papal bulls, etc. I rule, therefore I am. Without supremacy, there is no point to Western culture. Beethoven and Mozart have to be the best, otherwise Western culture would be meaningless. And they get very, very exercised about this. I'm a big fan of Beethoven, but I contain multitudes. The music of Mali is as profound to me, and Mozart, the great confectioner, makes me remember how much more profound MLK's Christianity is than Jerry Falwell's. And the rub? I'd never deny the beauty of the great romantic Germanic breeding, brooding of Christian classical music, but it's not exclusive. Kabuki and Kurosawa are fascinating and inspiring too, and Papa Wemba, who is infinitely more joyful. You haven't heard of him, have you? Chai <laughs> Taure Kunda. If you do not hear their glories, do not respond to their complexities, their harmonies, I suggest you are the narrow and the ignorant one. For the treatment of women as if they were a subdivision of humanity, I see no culture doing anything that interests me. Nothing in the Judeo-Christian take on homosexuality makes me feel a hosanna rising. Here I would just imagine with some evidence that monotheism, the obsession of the West in its zealous and maniacal genocide of what came before, has written itself into the role of great improver where all the evidence is entirely manufactured. Naturally, again, Western civilization from its ghastly roots can only exist as better than all the rest. It is, after all, the kingdom, the only kingdom. That is the thing about kingdoms. One among equals is just not on. I would say equal in virtue and equal in sin. I would say that if I were you, but I don't because I am not you. Then, of course, we have the great exemplar, another thing in the West, a thing. They love their paragons, and this is the function the great narcissist America steps greasily into. Here, after 500-odd years, was the opportunity to win the gold medal of culture, and a bunch of completely biased referees have judged her winner. After all, Thomas Jefferson, etc., he told the great lie, and believers fall upon knees. So it's all of a piece. Western civilization could not grow its own tobacco. It has relied on the myriad slaveries, its depraved ministers invented in the halls of inquisitors, and then makes astounding claims about human rights. If I lived in China, I might. I'm sure I would. Why wouldn't I? I am I. I can criticize my own culture. Its brainwashing has failed. Why would China succeed? This is, of course, another absurd claim of the West. We have independent minds, or we are allowed them. 
Why then are Russians dissenting in significant droves where Americans do not over unjust invasions of sovereign nations? Eh? Y'all are just funny. <laughs>